Well, this, this message that I want to teach on today, it's been on my heart really all year long. I've been meaning to teach it earlier in the year, but it just, other things came up that I felt were more important. And here at our church, I usually touch on this subject once a year and once a year only, and that's about giving, about uh, finances and about money and about generosity and so forth. Uh, one of the things that the Lord put on my heart and on our heart when we first started coming here to American Canyon was not to pass around a plate for an offering. We have our offering box on the back, um, and those of you that give that way, but I didn't want to be one of those churches that you come to and, and I hear people say, you know, all they talk about is money in that church. Ever, you ever been to one of those churches? All they talk about seemingly is all about money. And maybe it's because I was jaded and I've been in certain places where I've heard that and I didn't want that. So, but God is blessed. He's continued to bless just by putting it on your hearts. You've learned the spirit of generosity. Amen. And that's really what I want to focus on today. And uh, how many know that we need to hear certain principles over and over that are taught in the Word of God? We may know them, but it's good to be reminded of some essentials. And uh, I believe that this is one today that I'm going to speak on. And I've titled this, Living a Blessed Life from Greed to Gratitude and Generosity. How many have ever thought to themselves, if I only had a fatter bank account, if I only had a bigger house, if I only had a newer car, if I didn't have Chase and Capital One and whatever other credit card calling me, wanting their money, life would be so much better. Right? I mean, we've all had thoughts like that. But, you know, I see a few gray hairs here, including mine. I got a haircut the other day. I'm going like, what is going on? As they're cutting all my hair off, it's just getting grayer. But I thought to myself, you know, it's so true. It's, it, money doesn't make you happy. It can take care of some issues. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like anybody else. I think money is a good resource. It's a good tool. But how are you managing it? How is, how is it taking care of you and what are you doing with everything that God has given you, has entrusted you? That's really the core of what God wants us to, to look at. So, you know, the thing is, most of us can think, well, if I only had more, I could be a bigger blessing, right? That's the first thing I think of. Uh, how many see the, the lotto? And I don't, I don't play the lotto, uh, but... Your mind just naturally gravitates toward, well, man, if I won $2 billion or whatever crazy number it is nowadays, I have no idea what it is. But if I had that money, this is what I would do, and I would bless this person, I would bless that ministry, and I'd bless, you know, here and there. Is it just me, or is that all of you? Y'all think like that too, right? Okay. It's okay to dream. It's okay to dream. But even by thinking that, it doesn't make life better. Your life can be blessed as it is right now in the current conditions that you find yourself in. And it's all about mindset. It's all about the spirit of generosity. And it's all about your heart. How many, let me just ask this question. How many want to live a blessed life, to see blessings in their life? 
that would be every one of you. If you didn't raise your hand, you need to come here at this altar at the end of the service and repent to God Almighty because I know you all want to be blessed. And one of the biggest deceptions that we know is that money, finances will satisfy that. That if we had more, we'd be in a better place. Let me just tell you, some of the best times we've had as a family were when we were living in an 858-square-foot home, two-bedroom, one-bath home, and we were renting. Those were some of the best times ever. You know why? Because life is simple. And as you get more, you have to take care of more. Too much is given, much is required. And it becomes then work. It becomes a challenge. It becomes sacrifice and so on. Sometimes we don't realize how good we have it as we currently sit in our situation. Amen? So be careful what you ask for is what I'm saying right now. But again, as, as believers, we have an enemy that wants to discourage you and does not want you to understand these principles that I want to speak on today. Godly principles of how to handle finances, how to be generous. Amen? And, and I want to challenge you here today that if you truly want transformation in your life, if you truly want to be living the life of a, of a sold-out believer, then, then you need to understand and grasp these principles and begin living them for yourself. So let's go back to what does it mean to be blessed? What, what does that mean? Well, it means to have God's complete favor in your life, to be completely whole, physically, spiritually, mentally. We're triune beings. How many understand that? And to be whole, complete, means to be blessed. The person that comes back from Afghanistan or Iraq with a missing leg would give anything to have another leg back. That would be a blessed life for him. The person that's living out on the street, possibly homeless, maybe they, all they want is a, is a tent, is a sleeping bag, is a bike, something to help them, something simple, amen? And so all of, all of these things in order to be blessed, are different and unique for each one of us. But here's what I know. Um, you know, Grandma Brenda over here who just celebrated her, the birth of her firstborn granddaughter. Give her a big hand today for Opal Elaine. Yes, Hyatt. Beautiful baby, by the way. I saw pictures of this beautiful little baby. But one of the first words little Opal is going to say one of the very first words she's going to learn how to speak is mine, mine, mine. How many know that kids are good at that? Put them in an area, and, and my wife and my daughters know this, working with kids. You put them out with toys, and kids will just take toys and keep them and say, that's mine. Why is that? It's because we're naturally selfish. Did you know that it's not natural to be a giver? It's not a natural gift to be a giver. It takes, it, it takes a learning. It, it takes learning that from someone, maybe a mentor, but also from the Word of God, to know that by giving you will be blessed. But because our natural tendency is to take, is to, is to be selfish. Amen? And the enemy knows that. 
The enemy knows that if he can keep you there living selfishly, you'll never understand what the blessings are that come about when you're generous with your time, your talents, and your treasures. And you're going to hear me say those three things over and over here this afternoon. But how many are thankful that God is a giver? What is John 3.16? The greatest gift we ever could have received. For God so loved the world, he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave his only begotten son. Amen? God is a giver. Satan is a stealer. He's here to steal, to kill, uh, steal, and destroy. Amen? And, and so we need to understand that God is a giver. He's generous beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. How many are amazed at the things that God has done in your life? Amen? Yeah, we hear of miracles every week. Uh, there's one that just took place at Walmart, I believe, there, uh, that I just heard. There's a, and Walmart needs all the miracles that they can have, amen? And so, again, God wants to bless you, and he wants to provide for you. But it's up to you and I to live with the principles of God that, he, that are taught in the word of God, amen? So, here's the... Here's the thing I want to point out. You know who the best givers are of their time, talent, and treasures? You know who the best givers are? Those that are generous. I will I'll tell you this. Anybody that is selfish is not the best in those areas. So elbow that person next to you. And now that person, you elbow the other one again and tell them, hey, look, are you being generous with your time, your talents, and your treasures? The people that are most generous are generally the most grateful. And I'm going to talk about what, what that gratefulness is. Where, where does that stem from? Where does it derive from? Well, it comes from what, what has God done for you? What has he saved you from? How big is your God? You know, there's some of us like my daughters, maybe uh, Rachel, others that grew up in church, and they don't have that testimony that they hear other people say. Well, God saved me from gangs, and he saved me from prison life, and he saved me from the drug life. And they go, Lord, what testimony do I have? You have a better, greater testimony than they do every single day of the week. You know why? Because you didn't even go there. You stayed true and, and uh, pure to, to the faith, and that is a greater testimony than anybody that ever walked the streets of crime. Amen? And, and so there's many reasons why you and I should be thankful. What is it that you're thankful for? What is it that God has transformed you from in your life? That is why you should be grateful for those things alone. You know, I'm thankful for my family, my beautiful wife, my children. I've got uh, three beautiful girls, Elizabeth, Bianca, Raquel, my son in heaven. I've got grandchildren, Dolores, Layla, Malia, Adea. Uh, I've got my parents still alive you know, blessing, and my mom's going to be 90 next month, my dad's 88, you know, and it's a blessing to have them. That's a blessing from heaven, amen? And I love them, but I'm thankful to God for saving me from an eternity away from them and away from him, amen? I'm thankful that God stepped into my life when I was in my late 20s, and woke me up and shook me up and said, what in the world are you doing? He got a hold of me, amen? And life has never been the same since. 
But getting back to the Word of God, it's filled with principles and laws. And here's the other thing about these laws and principles. Did you know they apply to the believer as well as the non-believer? For example, you can jump or climb on this roof, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, and the law of gravity will make sure that there's an impact. Doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer. There are laws that God has created that apply to everybody. And these same principles that I want to talk to you about today apply to believers as well as non-believers. But who did he write the book to? To you and I. He wrote it to you and I so that we could live out this life that's called the blessed life. So I want you to turn to the book look or look at your outline that you may have. If not, um, it'll be up on the screen. But Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. And listen to these words of Jesus. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen. Essentially, what, what the scripture is saying is, is, if you give judgment, you're going to give judgment back. If you give forgiveness, you're going to get forgiveness back. What does is, what is a, a, a quiet response do to anger? It mellows somebody out. I, I shared with you a few weeks ago how before I got saved, we were at a, a bowling alley and there was a fight going on. And one of the guys, I calmed him down with a soft answer. I spoke to him softly. I got his attention because a soft answer brings about a result. It, it calmed him down. And, and this scripture is just saying, whatever you give, that's what you're going to get back. How many have found that to be true? I mean, it's so true in relationships. If I want to be unkind to my wife, guess what I'm going to get back? Usually unkindness, but not my sweet wife. She's never that way. Anna's too sweet to do that. Amen. And everybody said amen. Now, here's the, here's the problem with that scripture, that Whatever we give, we get back, but there are certain preachers, there are certain churches that would teach you, well, if you just give to the kingdom of God, God will multiply that and give you 100% back or, or some version of that. They want you to just give so that you'll be blessed to give back. But here's the, here's the difference between what the Word of God says. See, the Word of God says give to just give, not give to get. Give to give because you're generous. Give because you want to be a blessing. Don't give because you see the, at the end of that rainbow, man, I, I could have a fat bank account if, if I give this or, or all my problems will be dissolved if I give. No. What I've found, though, in my life, though, is God does bless you when you're generous with your giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. God takes care of you. Amen. Can I get a big amen? Because it is so true. He does take care of us. So we need to give to give, not give to get. Amen. God doesn't bless the giving. 
He blesses the giver with the right heart, with the right attitude. We must always have the right attitude. In a relationship, if my wife tells me, well, uh, you need to tell me I love you more often, and then I tell her, it's not the same as if I just come up to her and tell her, hey, honey, I love you. It's very different. How many know what I'm, what I'm talking about? It's, it's something that I've been told to do. Well, it has to come from my heart. I want to take you to another scripture found in Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy, and I want to read a few verses from here, starting in verse 7, Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 7 and 8, and then we're going to read 10 and 11, and then we're going to skip to verse 15. Starting in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 7, listen to these principles that the Jewish people had to follow at that time. And how many know we are Judeo-Christians, amen? We're plugged in, part of of the vine. It says here, if anyone... Everybody say, anyone is poor among your brothers in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Verse 8, rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Verse 10, skip down to verse 10. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Now jump down to verse 14, verse 14 and 15. Supply them liberally from your flock. Let me say that again. Supply them liberally from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and your Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Oh boy, it's right there. Why should we be generous? Why should we be generous? Because of what the Lord has done for us. Amen? It's not that you're trying to repay him, because we can never repay the Lord for what he's done for us. I mean, there's every, every one of you come from different walks of life, and there's so much the Lord has done for each of you. But God, you, we can never repay God for that. What he wants you to do, though, is to remember to be generous. Amen? Be generous. So I want to speak to you for the next few moments on just four quick points. And the first one is, am I dealing with a selfish heart? Am I dealing with a selfish heart? What do I mean by that? Well, again, the child, what is the, one of the first words little Opal is going to learn, unfortunately. It's mine, mine, mine. One of the first words this child is going to be taught. And, you know, the funny thing is we don't outgrow this even though we're believers, and I'll give you a perfect example since my beautiful wife Anna's here and I'm picking on her. We, we go to the drive-thru, which is very, very infrequent. We don't eat out at fast food very much, but when we do, you know, I'll want to order something, and then I'll turn around and say, do you want something? She'll go, well, I'll just have some of your fries. And I say, oh, no, you won't. I'm going to order you some fries. I'll order you whatever you want. She goes, well, no, I'll just, well, I want my fries. 
and I want large fries. See, we're still naturally selfish. It's just ingrained in us. That's a simple example of that. But we can sometimes be selfish. And I want us to just examine our heart. Am I being selfish? And only you can answer that. Nobody else can answer that for you. And I'm not just talking about finances here today. I'm talking about your time, your talents, as well as your, your finances. Are you being selfish? We often, when we, we go out to dinner and we see somebody we know, I, I've, we've done this dozens of times. My kids have been there with us where we've paid for the meal of a person that we know, but we don't tell them. We just tell the waiter, oh, we want to pay for their dinner or their lunch or maybe it's a breakfast. And we've done this so many times. Why? I, not because I want recognition from them or thanks, because I know the secret. The secret is if I'm generous, God's going to be generous to me. God's going to be a blessing to me. And my kids have seen that. They've learned that, oh, I get it. When you're generous, God blesses you because you do that from your heart. Amen? So we have to examine ourselves. Am I, am I selfish? Do I behave selfishly? We need to remove that from our lives as a believer and learn to be generous. Can I get an amen? Again, the point is to examine your heart and examine your motives. What's causing you to say, mine, mine, mine? The second thing is, are you dealing with a greedy heart? And this, this hits us all. This is how the enemy works. Selfishness attacks before we give. How many have ever thought, man, I could sure use that, you know, $100, $500, whatever it is, I could sure use that right as you're giving it to somebody or maybe to the church or wherever. And then greed attacks us after we give. What do I mean by that? Afterwards, your car breaks down. Or you could be my brother. He had his catalytic converter stolen the other day. And that's not going to be cheap. How many know that's a big problem nowadays? And he's having to face to repair that and get that fixed. Uh, I know one time um, years ago, when I first became a Christian, I was a new Christian. I was in my uh, late 20s, and I remember meeting this family. I've shared this before. This couple had no groceries in there, and they had three kids at that time. I went to visit them after church, and they were telling me this sob story, and basically they wanted a loan. And so I loaned them. I gave them $1,000 at that time. I took them to the store, bought groceries, filled their refrigerator. I said, here you go. Pay me back. And he says, I'll pay you back in three months. And all I remember, remembered was three months. I'll get my money back. And so the first month came, and I think he gave me 100 bucks. Second month came along, and he gave me 100 bucks. And I'm thinking, well, he's got to come up with a lot, you know, in the, on the third month. So third month came, and I only saw him at church. So I came to church, and he was there. But every time I'd see him and I'd walk in his direction, he'd walk the other way. And every time I'd go this way, he'd walk that way. This was before cell phones, okay? So I couldn't just call him or text him. And every time I went to church, all I thought was, there goes my 800 bucks. There's my 800 bucks. I want my 800 bucks. That's all I thought. And that's what, exactly what the enemy wanted to discourage me with. He wanted to get my eyes off of the gift of giving something 
and, and just focus on being greedy and wanting my money back. Ever been there? I think some of you, some of you have experienced something like that. Maybe it was more. I know some of you have given more and, and been gypped out. And God teaches us a lesson in those times. If you loan something, let me just give you some free advice here. If you loan something to somebody, just consider it a gift. Because nowadays, it's hard to get paid back from people, even in the church sometimes. And this happened many, many years ago. So if you give something, just give it as a gift. Amen? A little bit louder. Amen? I just want to make sure we all have the right understanding. Because some of you go, well, that's my money. I worked hard for it. I get it. <laughs> so we have to learn to, to recognize that everything that we have comes from God. I was thinking at that time that was my money. I worked hard for it. And, and God put it in my bank account, and I gave it to him, and, and I expect a return. I, you know, I didn't charge him interest. I just wanted my $1,000 back. And my, I was mistaken because I thought that was my money. It wasn't my money. It was God's money. Can I get an amen on that? It was God's money to begin with. All, everybody say all, all the possessions we have belong to God. How many have a paid off car? You have a pink slip. Yeah, you raise your hands. You don't have to raise your hands. But if you have a pink slip, don't think you own that car. That car belongs to you. That's God's car. He's just allowing you to, to use that car to get from point A to point B. Even your kids aren't yours. They're only on loan to you. God said, just instruct them, guide them in the way I've taught you. But they're not yours. They're mine. Amen? Everything that you and I have is really not yours. It's God's. And if you learn to understand that and appreciate that, being generous comes very easy. Being generous is not difficult. Being generous is like, here you go. Instead of, I can't, I won't. Amen. The third example is to develop a generous heart. I keep mentioning the word generous, but that's really the key of what God wants you and I to have in our lives. So how do I develop that generous heart? Well, as we read in verse 14, the word tells us to give liberally. Don't just meet the need, but give above and beyond. Go above and beyond. You know, going back to when we go out to eat. Nobody told us to go pay for, for them, but we've blessed people that way. And there's many other ways you can be a blessing to people giving cars away. Giving them away. But, but Pastor Rick, I could use that money. Yeah, you can. They could also use a car and be a blessing. Amen? Be a blesser liberally to give generously of what he's blessed you with. We need to learn to give liberally, which means to give above and beyond. Amen? And, and that involves our time, our talents, and our treasures. Again, not just financially, but with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Matthew 6 and verse 21, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Scripture says, for where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. If you're constantly looking at what the lotto is, what the, what the number is, that's where your heart's at. You know, and, and it shouldn't be uh, where, where the lotto's at. Now, I have a, and I've used this example before, I have a 401k fund. As you get older, you want to make sure you keep track of that. And every now and then I check it. Every now and then I pray for it. I pray that God will keep it safe because you never know nowadays. It can, people's retirement have been stolen from them, have been taken from them. I pray for it. Why? Because a part of my heart is there. Now, again, the scriptures, because I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking that money is the root of all evil. But the scripture doesn't say that. What does the scripture say? It says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not that money is the root of all evil. Money helps us. It's just a resource. It's only a, meant to be a resource. So loving money is the root of all evil. That leads to evil things, evil thoughts, evil ways. Money is just a resource for you and I. So it's very simple. If you and I want to have and, and obey these principles that the Word of God is teaching, if you want your heart to be in the kingdom of God, you need to learn to be generous with your time, your talents, and your treasures. Because the more treasure you put into something, the more your heart is going to be in it. Amen? Uh, I value my time with my wife. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. So we got away for five days in Mendocino. We got back Wednesday, and we were up in Mendocino County, unplugged from everything, which is great. We all need to unplug sometimes, don't we? And I didn't get no more 200 emails a day from my work. I unplugged all that. And, but when I got back, there was a whole bunch, amen? But we unplugged. And, and that's a great place to do. But I value that. I put my heart and treasure into that because that's important to me. What are you putting your heart and treasure into? What are you valuing in your life? Amen? You see, if, if you've learned this principle, then your heart's already in the right place in the kingdom of God. And as I close with the last of the four points, developing a grateful heart. Let me just ask you this question. Do you remember what God has delivered you from? Where has God brought you from? What has God done in your life? What has he freed you from that you're not addicted to anymore? What relationship issues has he healed you from? And on and on and on and on. There's so many things we have to be thankful for, to be grateful for, amen? It starts there, remembering where he brought you from. And then secondly, recognizing that everything he does give you comes from him. Nothing you have comes from him. And again, another story as I get ready to close here today, I've shared this with you before. A gentleman I knew years ago, he pulls up into the driveway. Beautiful boat, brand new boat, nice fishing boat. And I said, man, that's a beautiful boat you got there. He goes, yeah, I worked hard for it. I worked really hard for it, and it's, you know, it was an expensive boat. I'm talking probably a $100,000 boat. You know, that's how nice it was. 
And then uh, I go, well, God bless you with that. He, and then he looked at me. He goes, no, I worked really, really hard for that. And then I looked at him again. And I said, no, you don't understand. God really blessed you with that boat. And then he looked at me. He goes, no, you don't understand. I worked really, really hard and put down a lot of money to, to buy this boat. And we just kept going back and forth. I said, you don't understand. God gave you the ability to buy that boat, to work hard, to buy that boat. What I was trying to convey to him, which he was not capable of understanding at that moment, was that God is the supplier of all the things that we have that he gives us. They come from God. Later on, he came to that understanding. But in that moment, he did not understand that that was a gift from God. Church, let's not be that dense that we don't understand that everything that we have is a gift from God. And he wants us to be generous with that, to be liberal with our giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Let me take you to Psalm 24 and verse 1. The scripture declares, The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it belongs to the Lord. So at the end of the day, we don't really own anything. Whether you have a deed to your house, a pink slip to your car, you don't really own it. It's God's. God giveth and God can taketh away. It's that simple. That's how life is. And we get all content thinking, yeah, I have, I have my nice 401k. I have a house that's almost paid off for. I have a car that's paid off. I'm doing good. Hey, listen, God can take that away in a second. If, if your trust is in your material possessions, you're mistaken. God wants you to recognize he's the giver of those blessings. That's what leads to a grateful heart. Amen. So, Again, another reminder is here that we don't own anything, even in death. I've shared this before. How many have ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse? Never. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Why? Because you can't take it with you. None of us here are going to take it with us. You came into this world with nothing, and you're going to go out the same way whether you like that or not. But what the Lord does bless you with is, use, is to be used to bless others. God didn't give you your gifts, your time, the talents you have, your treasures just for you. They were to be used to bless others around you, amen? And some of you have that understanding already. Some of you are on your way to discovering what that is. And I'm here to tell you today that as you seek these principles and do them in your life, God is going to be so generous with you if your heart is in the right place. Amen. Would you stand with me today as we close? And I'm going to challenge you with a homework assignment this week, and I do this every time I preach this, but I want you to go out this week, and I want you to find a need, a need around you, you may not know what that need is today, but I want you to pray, Lord, show me a need that I can be a blessing and fill that need. And the Word of God says to be a liberal giver. 
give above and beyond what you even thought you could give to that situation. Maybe it's helping that homeless person on the corner. Maybe it's another need. God will reveal to you what that is. Amen? How many will do that with me this week? Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads, Father. We come to you right now. And we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for the principles found in your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can be generous when we're reminded of what you've done for us. How you saved us, Lord, from the, the pit of where we were headed, of, of an eternal destination without you, without our loved ones. And Lord, what blessings we have now in relationships with family, with those that we live with, Lord, because of your presence, because we recognize that everything comes from you. All good gifts come from you, Lord. And we recognize that today, and we receive that. We declare that today. Everything that we have is yours. I don't even like to say I own it, because, Lord, I really don't. It's yours, and we recognize that today. So, Father, I pray, teach each one of us here today to be generous, to be giving, and, Lord, not to be selfish, greedy, with the things that you have blessed us with. And Lord, I know that you will pour out your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And as always, we close with this. If you could just raise your hands one more time, I pray a blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Amen. God bless you.